Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the Franchise Radio Show. Today I'm delighted to have a celebrity guest. Um, today's guest is Mary Aldred. Mary commenced as the Chief Executive Officer of the FCA, the Franchise Council of Australia, in April 2018. And she brings to the role extensive experience across government, industry and business, as well as having a strong focus on membership engagement, uh, particularly stakeholder collaboration and effective advocacy. Mary is also a board director of Australian Sustainable Hardwoods in Highfield. And prior to commencing with the FCA, she served as the inaugural CEO of the Committee for Gippsland. Um, and uh, that was from its commencement in 2011 until March this year. She's the former chair and current member of the Hawks Young Executive Committee, the board subcommittee of the Hawthorne Football Club. She's worked in government at state and federal level, been an advisor to a federal government minister, and also for a United States Senator in Washington. Her work in industry and business includes having worked for Australia's peak energy industry body, and in private business, she studied at Harvard University, Kennedy School of Government, and is a graduate of the AICD, and has a BA honours from Monash. She's a Master of Agribusiness from the University of Melbourne, and an MBA from Federation University in Gippsland. So she's a 2018 winner of the Australian Financial Review's Boss Magazine Young Executive of the Year. Mary, welcome to you. Delighted to speak to you. Thanks very much for having me, Brian. Um, now, I might just mention for everyone's benefit, the title today is Franchising Today, The Way Forward with the FCA. The intention of today's conversation is to share with you some of the opportunities, I think, which are out there in franchising and the way that the Franchise Council can help you. Now, just a reminder for those of you who've not joined us before to have a note paper and pen available because I'm sure you'll find there's some notes you want to take and uh, if at the end of the, uh, uh, the, the podcast there's questions you'd like to ask um, we'll give you some information you can contact yourself or you can contact the FCA so just running straight into it it's been an interesting six months since you joined the Franchise Council of Australia so we're six months into it as we talk um, and the parliamentary inquiry into franchise franchising of course looking particularly at the code of conduct conduct has been running um is due to hand down its um its findings in just merely a couple of three weeks time now so from your point of view at this point in time mary what are some of the key themes that you believe have emerged from this process thanks brian i think a couple of key priorities over the last six uh, months in terms of the uh the fca and our work with our members uh, one is in in respect uh, of the uh, the organisation itself, I think focusing on what we're really here for, why we exist, and that is to help our members run really good, effective, sustainable, compliant franchise businesses. So making sure that there is that strong value proposition to our members about belonging to the Franchise Council of Australia. I know we run some terrific events and we'll continue to do that uh, into uh, 2019, but making sure that we're really hitting the mark in terms of uh, networking opportunities, uh, being able to share problems, ideas, solutions with one another, accessing really good up-to-date information on what's happening in a, a regulatory and a policy sense, um, being able to talk to key decision makers like the small business minister, um, all of those sort of things in our events, uh, introducing a higher standard of information and education resources for our members. 95% um, of franchisees are small businesses and so we know that uh, being, being a small business, you're, you're flat out running 
uh, your operations delivering first class uh, products and services for your customers. It's hard to get across evolving uh, regulatory uh, changes and, and requirements. So if we can help with that, then you know I certainly want to make sure that we've got a, a strong um, policy resource there. And then our advocacy work as well. And that's sort of, uh, I guess, been focused on the parliamentary inquiry for the last couple of months. And, and in terms of that, we've made two very comprehensive submissions to it, uh, working with our members to identify some key themes. Um, there's been uh, 215 submissions made and we've gone through those very carefully because I think there's some important issues that have been raised that we've tried to constructively and in an open-minded way respond to. Uh, and then in September, I appeared before the Parliamentary Inquiries Committee to uh, answer their questions and, and I think pave a path forward for the FCA and, and the broader sector. Right, so that's been a busy time for you. So whilst I appreciate that's been a big focus for you, um, what, what do you see from the FCA's point of view as the other key priorities for the organisation currently? So I think a, a really big one for us is um, engaging our membership. We've got just over 500 uh, franchise brands as, as members and we work very closely with all of those members but I'm also very mindful that there are about 1,200 franchise brands in Australia and so to be able to represent the, the sector credibly and, and reflectively, um, we need to uh, make sure that, that more people or more businesses are, are inside the tent, are talking to us, providing us with really good input and, and knowledge. And I think that's particularly important for the FCA because, you know, franchising is not just uh, manufacturing or retail or professional services. It's such a dynamic sector in terms of the industries represented and then the actual businesses themselves, uh, the size and scale of those franchise businesses varies so dynamically and, and so it's so important for us to be getting you know, information and input on all of the issues that affect them and uh, those businesses and that they have to, uh, have to deal with for us to be able to feed those issues back to government. So membership is, is a really big one for me. I think lifting the standing of, of franchising um, in the eyes of the community, it, it has taken a real battering over the last 12 to 18 months. Um, there, there have been some issues that have been really disappointing and, and that require um, proper uh, repair and, and being addressed um, in, in a way that's meaningful and uh, transparent. But uh, I think it's also incumbent on us as an FCA to uh, constantly remind the community and, and government and policy makers about the economic and employment contribution the sector makes. You know, over 500,000 Australian jobs, about a $146 billion contribution to the economy every year. Uh, and a lot of those jobs are certainly terrific full-time uh, jobs in, in a number of sectors, uh, but also they play a really important role for working parents that, that might be juggling you know, work and, and carer responsibilities that are looking for part-time work, uh, students that are balancing study. I know my sister, while she was going through her law degree, had a, uh, a part-time job at a, a prominent franchise brand and, and the skills and experience that she was able to get from that have, uh, have given her lifelong um, really good uh, uh, competencies. So um, building the sector as recognition as an employer of choice. So all of those sort of things are important as well. And then navigating our way through this inquiry. As you said, we've got the uh, report uh, due to come out 
on the uh, 4th of December and we'll be looking at that very closely and and uh, we're already um, preparing a, a response for that. Right, yeah, okay. So yeah, it's quite right actually what you mentioned with your sister is very common. It's not often you're in a conversation with three or four people that someone hasn't been to one of the, uh, the larger food outlets or even a small franchise group as as their sort of business kindy when they were at high school or university. So it serves to uh, give a great, great grounding to a lot of people, even whether they're going to business or not, at least it gives them an understanding of the work yeah. and, and systems yeah. as well. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's the big thing that people learn in, in those sorts of institutions or businesses. Yeah. Um, okay, well, th thanks for that. So I, I was fascinated when you joined the FCA. You've got a really fascinating, interesting background of having quite some of sort of diverse experiences and roles and so on. And, and I just wonder what was, what was it that attracted you to the Franchise Council of Australia? I think a couple of things. I really enjoy working with, with peak industry bodies. You know, this is the, the third one that I've had the, the privilege of joining. Uh, as you mentioned, I was with the Committee for Gippsland before that and uh, a number of years ago, the Energy Supply Association of Australia. I think private enterprise, private business, um, makes a a, uh, a really critical economic contribution to Australia's well-being. And when business does well, our communities do well. Uh, if, you, if you think about healthy businesses, sustain healthy communities. Um, so uh, in uh, regional areas, and, and I come from a regional area, you think about the local football club, often the uh, one of the, the local small business operators will, will take on the role as president or a committee member, volunteer their time with businesses that uh, contribute back to the community through, you know, sponsorships of, of clubs and organisations uh, that employ people that pay tax. And so uh, while uh, I haven't run a business myself, um, I, I'm very passionate about, um, you know, business being properly represented and one of the things that I, I really love about working with peak sector organisations is the opportunity to work collectively with a range of businesses to get good policy outcomes uh, that, that help employees, that help employers, that help our economy, that help our community. And so I really loved my previous role with the Committee for Gippsland. I've been there for seven years. Uh, I could have happily kept going, but I think, you know, you get in, you do your best and you, you hand it over in good shape to somebody else. And, um, that that was, uh, I think, a good point for me to hand over that organisation in excellent shape, look for a new opportunity, and and uh, the stars aligned, and there was a uh, an opportunity at the same time to apply for the position um, as uh, CEO of the Franchise Council of Australia, and and that was a, a fairly um, comprehensive process that that took quite a while to go through and, and I was delighted and, and feel very, very privileged to have been appointed to the role. Right. That's, it's interesting you mentioned that you've been seven years in your previous role because that's a, a bit of a magic number, isn't it? We, we hear about seven-year itch and all that sort of thing, but in franchising, um, some time ago, I remember seeing that uh, seven years is the average tenure of franchisees. Um, what well, was well, there are many we speak to who've been in a franchise group for maybe 15 or 20, but seven years is the average tenure, which I think is pretty solid. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's, a, it's a, a good period of time to get a lot done. Um, my previous organisation was a start-up organisation, so I think in some ways, you know, I feel like I've had three different jobs <laughs> in that time, the sort of uh, start-up phase, which is 
a little bit like some businesses, you know, a couple of days you, you feel that uh, getting a phone line connected or a sign <laughs> painted is a big achievement and then growing that organisation's membership, uh, setting its strategic plan and then the third phase of that was uh, was ticking off a lot of those priorities. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that role very much. Yeah, look, I, I see the Franchise Council having evolved over several decades. I, I've been fortunate enough to be involved with them one way or another since the 80s. And uh, it's certainly, I suppose, as with most businesses, time for a, a, a look at the future to re restructure and prepare ourselves for this slaughter, onslaught of change, which I'm, I'm told... Uh, told very credibly, won't stop. So um, it seems to be, mm. you're well suited to that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was having a chat to you once, I seem to remember you mentioned that your parents were in business. So you, you got a bit of yeah. an understanding of business from that side of the fence, as it were, as well. Mm. Probably business around the dinner table, I suspect. Oh, every night. Um, and, you know, that was a great, great thing to, to grow up in, a, a small family-run business. And I actually left school for a period of time the age of 15 to work full time in in that business with mum and dad and um, yeah you're right the the phone constantly rings through dinner um, <laughs> you know uh, you you work on weekends and and after hours to to make sure that you're delivering for your customers um, but it's incredibly rewarding as well that that feeling of uh, providing you know a first class uh, product or service um, back to your customers and, and getting the feedback and and genuinely helping people. Yeah, yeah. No, I think and that's. No, I think that's one of the big things about franchising, and particularly for franchisors, is that satisfaction of helping other people develop their their opportunities and and, and growing their asset base and achieving some worthwhile goals. So, moving on to franchisees, there's been a lot spoken, of course, in the last eighteen months about franchisees and so forth. So, the, obviously, we are tending to hone in. To, to, to help franchisees when they're looking at franchises to see that they do find what's right for them. Um, what, what do you recommend that prospective franchisees should look for when they're researching the marketplace, uh, Mary? We're, we're very focused as an FCA on, on franchisee engagement uh, and, and doing more of that. You know, we, that, that has been you know, something that I think we haven't done enough of and that's been an opportunity identified more recently. So. Um, you know, as an FCA, we've um, implemented additional um, training, education, information resources and, and events for franchisees uh, because we really want franchisees to do well, to succeed, uh, to run profitable, sustainable, good businesses. Um, and so uh, I think to your, your question, there's a, a couple of really key things that um, we think are very important for prospective franchisees and, in fact, um, we've made some recommendations to the parliamentary inquiry uh, around this as well. One of the, the biggest things is around due diligence and advice. So the Franchising Code of Conduct, you know, there's a strong encouragement in there about getting uh, legal and financial advice, but it's not uh, mandatory. And so we've proposed that for prospective franchisees who are buying into a sizable system, we've sort of nominated $60,000 or more, um, so we're not talking about seasoned investors who might have already uh, owned two franchises and are, are looking at reinvesting again. We're talking about first-time uh, business owners here, or prospective business owners. Uh, you know, you must go and get uh, legal advice to understand your legal and compliance obligations, um, to understand the franchise agreement that you're being presented with. 
um, to understand the disclosure document. Um, it's really important that people go and seek financial advice as well because uh, sometimes you know when we buy a car or a house or even a business, there's an element of uh, an emotional investment there. You know, it's something that we might really want to do and feel passionately about it, but it's really under, in, important that we understand, uh, right, what are the, the upfront capital costs here and then what are the ongoing cost obligations that I'm going to need to continue to invest in to run this business successfully. And there's a couple of other things as well that you know we, we really strongly recommend. You know, if you're buying potentially into a cycling shop, for example, do you actually are you interested in cycling? Uh, do you know much about bikes? Um, how do you feel about dealing with customers? Do you like dealing with people and customers? Are you a good problem solver? Uh, managing staff, are you comfortable managing staff? Not everybody is comfortable managing staff. So those are the sort of things people really need to get a handle on. Um, having very good, up-to-date, accurate data and information to, to base uh, investment decisions on is, is also really important. So the, uh, the FCA, we've got a number of education resources that are for free, uh, publicly available on our website at franchise.com org.au. Uh, people are encouraged to have a look at that. Uh, the ACCC have some information, but uh, definitely go away and, and get advice, not just from you know a suburban solicitor uh, around the corner from you, um, but but from a, a lawyer and a financial advisor that actually practice in the franchising sector as their area of expertise, because it is a particular sector, uh, there is a lot of information and, and detail to understand. So talk to people who know what they're talking about and can give you good, uh, accurate, solid advice. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. Uh, people who are franchise savvy, if you like, is just critically important because uh, there are misunderstandings. I think most from my experience over the years, most people actually don't really understand what franchising is. They, they have a perception, but it's mm. very varied in the public domain and uh, very easy to be influenced and make a decision on the spur of the moment, as we tend to do, whether we're buying a new suit, a dress, or a house, or a car. <laughs> but don't, don't do it if you're buying a franchise, because you really need to make sure you, you're signing a contract that's going to commit you for some time. So um, looking to the other side um, of the FCA's primary sort of industry body role for, from the point of view of franchisors, people are looking to franchise their business. So they're going through that step of wanting to be franchisors. What, mm. what are your recommendations for them, Mary? So again, uh, it's really important to get proper expert advice in the, the legal and finance um, areas. I, I think a lot of planning and, and investment decisions based on good accurate data. So, you know, questions like to, to work through with your business advisors, uh, what what sort of size and scale and pace uh, would you look at rolling out your franchise system? Uh, lots of people have, have lots of good uh, and not so good but, but lots of good business ideas and those business ideas can develop into terrific commercial uh, concepts and, and operations. Not every one of those concepts is going to be appropriate or fit for purpose as a franchise business. So it's, it's very important that a lot of due diligence and planning is, is taken on board. You know, questions like franchisee recruitment, um, how are you going to go about that? What sort of training and support are you going to provide to first-time franchisees uh, entering into your system? 
Uh, how are you going to market? What locations are you looking at? Are, are those locations uh, going to, to uh, be suitable for the type of business that you're looking at developing? So again, a lot of due diligence, a lot of planning, um, access to expert advice and uh, accurate uh, information to, to base those decisions on. Right. Yeah, and that's where the FCA provides quite a lot of information. The, you're, you're associated with the franchising expos that are run around the country every year, and they're certainly a great place to go and look at existing franchises and uh, talk to advisors. And the FCA are always very prominent. And, of course, on your website, there's a number of books that people can order so they can read up and get a bit of background. Um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, absolutely. And the expos and, and the events that we run, um, people are very, very welcome and encouraged to, to come and talk to uh, FCA representatives, but it's also a great idea to go and, and talk to other, if you're a prospective franchisor, go and talk to some other brands because a lot of um, franchisor CEOs and, and senior level people attend those events. Go and talk to them about their experiences, good and bad, and, and you know, hindsight is, is a wonderful tool. And if you're a prospective franchisee, uh, come along to some of our events, um, come along to our expos and, and talk to other franchisees. I think that's uh, really, really important and, you know, one of the things that I've noticed the most is the, the sector is very uh, supportive of, of uh, each other and, and other people and I can't really think of another sector where if someone's got a question or a problem or an idea, they can ring up uh, another business, uh, another franchise business and say, hey, how would you handle this or have you come across this before and, uh, and get really supportive encouragement in that sense. You're absolutely right. I look at it as being almost a big family. There's a sort of a community culture, if you like, of you're in franchising, I'm in franchising, can I help you? Um, so that's something that the prospective franchisors should not just be aware of, but also really step out of their comfort zone, go along to these chapter meetings which are held in all states and, and listen to some of the, the panel discussions and have a chat to people you know, over a, a tea or coffee or a glass of wine or a beer afterwards because it's only talking to people that you really get that feel, I think, for the, the, the synergy that's out there amongst people in franchising. Now, that, those are very relevant points, I think. Um, so, so we move from there to the obvious thing. One of your roles is, is, is membership as well as yeah. member engagement. So what do, what do you see from the promotional point of view as being the main benefits? Why should someone who is a franchisor at the moment or indeed planning to be a franchisor, what, why sh what should attract them? Why should they make a decision and become a member of the FCA, Mary? Well, I think a couple of reasons, and it's a great question. Um, one of them is uh, working collectively, working together as a sector, striving to improve standards, behaviour, compliance uh, and recognition of the, the, the many great attributes of the sector. Um, so we can't exist without our members, so that, that support through uh, financially resourcing our organisation, but also providing the input of credibility and knowledge and sector expertise is crucially important. I think being exposed to a community uh, setting a high benchmark of, of behaviour and standards and saying that you want to be a part of that as a business rather than sort of standing alone. I think as a member of the FCA, you are uh, amongst your peers and, and other members of the franchise community where there is a strong expectation that, you know, you will run a good compliant uh, business uh, and, and the way that you operate. 
Uh, we run a lot of events every year right around Australia um, and they range from you know, being able to get very good specific information and education on franchising issues right through to broader business uh, challenges such as HR, cyber security, um, legal and compliance issues that we, we provide to our members. We've got an excellent awards program in every state, which I think is so important. You know, when I worked in my parents' business, they, they nominated for the local government the local shire's business awards. And it was really the only time that mum and dad could sort of step back from what they were doing and focusing so full on, you know, with the business, step back and say, hey, we're actually achieving a great deal here. We're employing, you know, people in a small business where we've we've got a great, great business here and that's what we're trying to do through our awards and, and recognising those terrific achievements and, and efforts by our members in different categories. Uh, and then I think the opportunity to positively influence government policy to help support uh, healthy, sustainable, good businesses. So having, as a as a member of the SCA, having a direct say into a lot of our policy implementation processes. Um, so that's why you should be a, a member of the SCA. And if any of your listeners are not members of the SCA and, and are interested, I'd be happy to talk to them uh, directly in a conversation or uh, for the, the many of your listeners that are FCA members, if they've got an idea or feedback or they, they'd like to tell us something that they, they think we're doing well or we should be doing differently or we might not have thought about in a particular way before, I'd love to talk to them as well directly. I think that's an excellent invitation. I, I might say as well to those of you who are perhaps looking at joining the FCA, do do go into your local chapters and put your hand up because it's amazing. By getting on the local committee, the people you meet, the, the, the information you pick up is so rewarding and beneficial for your business. So uh, something not, not to overlook the benefit of. And of course, Mary, there's a vast number these days of, of workshops and seminars which are facilitated through the FCA. A lot of them have points towards the CFE, the Certificate of Franchise Executive, which is an internationally recognised qualification. So that's something that people, if they're not aware of it, it's worth going to that franchise.org.au and, and having a look, particularly under the education sector there, and, and looking up the CFE, because it's a very worthwhile goal, I think, to, uh, to look for a qualification. It stands you out amongst the other businesses out there in the marketplace. Yeah. yeah, I should have should have mentioned the, the CFA. It's a, a very big component of what we do and, and I think uh, increasingly uh, relevant and, and critical in, in this environment that we're we're in at the moment where uh, you know, information, knowledge, good systems and processes and, and compliant behaviour are so important, not just to our sector but to every business sector. Uh, absolutely. I think everyone's getting a shake up at the moment. The fact is the, the world's changed far more than I think people even appreciated four or five years ago. So uh, mm. being on top of it, and that's where you, you just, as a business owner, it's just impossible really to keep fully on top of things unless you've got a large organisation behind you. So this is where an industry organisation like the FCA is somewhere you can tap into and they'll give you the shorthand version so you can pick up information and, and in, be introduced to speakers and so on on topics that you perhaps wouldn't otherwise be aware of. So all, all points to benefit. Um, Mary, um, I've actually run out of my questions, but do you have anything you'd like to add um, that you may feel you've you, you overlooked or you'd like to add to the commentary? Look, I just think, you know, what what 
you provide with your your radio program uh, is is really important to engage people and and bring uh, people along in in our in our sector and community and and tell stories. And I think. Uh, if we don't tell our own stories with our own voices, uh, someone else will tell them for us and, and not necessarily in the most representative representative or, or accurate way. So I think you're doing really important work, Brian, and just encourage you, your listeners to continue to support and engage with that. I appreciate that. And that, that's a point also for people out there in businesses. You know, your local newspapers and so on these days particularly and, and maybe local area websites, they're all hungry for news. So... Don't think that they're not interested in your business. It doesn't have to be something of dramatic interest, but you know, a change of new 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 stock lines coming in, a change of uniforms, a repainting the shop, whatever it might be, some seasonal relevance. You know, get out there and promote it. And if you're a franchise, well, make sure you let them know clearly that it is a franchise and that uh, you know you are growing and you're helping their community. So. Uh, Excellent. Well, Mary, thank you very much indeed. I really enjoyed having a chat to you. Do appreciate it. Um, and for those of you listening, as I mentioned at the outset, and Mary also referred to, you can get information. You can email Mary at info at franchise.org.au. And of course, there's the website, franchise.org.au. Otherwise, by all means, you can get in touch with me uh, through the normal processes. And those contact details you may have seen on the email. Otherwise, um, please don't hesitate to, to get in touch one or the other. Love to hear from you. So uh, until next time, I'd just like to say once again, thank you very much to Mary for making some time in her busy day to have a chat to us. It's been really interesting. And I think there's a lot there that people can, uh, can focus on that's going to be helpful in their business, whether they are currently franchisors, looking to be franchisors, or, or considering becoming a franchisee. It's an exciting industry. Um, you know, do get involved, roll your sleeves up and uh, ju jump in the deep end and, and, and meet as many people as you can. So, uh, Mary, thank you very much indeed. Um, we will see each other, I'm sure, around the traps at an event sometime soon. Um, but otherwise, until next time, everyone, thank you very much indeed from the Franchise Radio Show. <laughs>